Hello, everybody, and welcome to a brand new episode of All Cued Up, your review podcast tied to streaming services like Netflix, Amazon Prime, HBO Max, etc., etc. I'm your host, Greg Dietz, with me always is Maya Don Fisher. How you been this week? I uh, had a pretty good week. Pretty good week. Um, entered two uh, painting competitions. Uh, one at the local comic book shop that I frequent and have frequented since 1995. And uh, one online. And as of recording, I'm leading the second round of voting in the uh, online competition, which they started on Tuesdays. And they have like five rounds of votes. And then they have the final two winners, essentially, uh, which they usually name on the following uh, Sunday or Monday. Uh, but the voting for the comic shop in person, uh, you can vote in person or on Discord. And that voting doesn't begin until this coming Monday, and it'll last through the end of the month. But I got some stiff competition in that one. Ooh, boy. Somebody entered a Thor yesterday that made my butthole pucker. The, the the objects were sliding from Mjolnir and the lightning bolt effect on the hammer. Wow. I'm impressed. Um, but yeah, other than that, uh, didn't get to play D&D this week because our friend Mark got married. Congratulations to him. Yeah. Um, he in Mexico. Yeah, he's in Mexico. Hope he's having a great time. I wonder um, if they've actually left the hotel room. <laughs> uh, they've been together long enough to where I feel like it's more, it's going to be more vacation than honeymoon, but yeah. 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 But, I know he joked his plan was to, you know, start making babies as soon as possible. I mean, yeah, uh, don't expect to see a whole lot of him after his first kid. Cause we don't see a whole well, folks, uh, which I'm, is me for I'm, a second. Yeah, sorry, I hit my cable. Uh, you were saying definitely don't expect to see him a lot after his first kid because you what? Don't see him. We a don't lot see him a lot. Yeah, as it is. Yeah, we'll see him once a week, and that's about it. But that's okay. That's okay. Um, no, I'm happy for him. Yeah. Uh, let's see. Anything else happened in my week that I can think of? Just been painting playing video games and watch the stuff for the show this week. You know, it's pretty low key, uneventful week. Uh, yeah. Yeah. How's your week been? Uh, off and on interesting. Like, I don't know. It's so Thursday I went and saw black Panther. Um, Oh yeah. It's great. It's really great. It's not as good as the first for, there's a few reasons behind that, but like, um, you know, it's 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 a solid like nine point five out of ten. Black Panther to me is a ten out of ten. Like that movie is incredible, and this one is 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 like just a smidge less. You know what I mean? If that makes any sense. But uh, so this one's on par with say Captain America, the first Avenger, whereas Black Panther would be comparable to Winter Soldier and how much better it is. Yeah. But yeah, still yeah. really solid entry. Yeah. 
Yeah, like there's nothing inherently wrong with the film. There's a few things that are maybe a little off. Like uh, Andy and I were talking about it a little bit, and we were kind of like, yeah, that doesn't make a whole lot of sense, but whatever. Um, it's still fun. It's still good. Uh, it's still emotional. Um, yeah, I don't know. I mean, I, I was reading that it's very, very likely that this will come out on Christmas on Disney Plus on Christmas Day. Well, so, that would be awesome. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, yeah, it is. It's, and it's the last uh, entry into phase four, which is already different than phase one, two, and three, because phase one, two, three ended on a big, big team up movie, you know, big Avengers movie. So, um, yeah. But we're leading some big team ups in phase five, going into phase six. So, it's going to get crazy. I'm excited. Yeah, and we've got Fantastic Four and X-Men coming. Yeah. So, I mean, people are like, oh, Marvel's run out of stories to tell. No, they haven't. No, not even kind of. But, uh, but yeah. Uh, then it was work. And work was whatever. You know, it kind of sucks and then kind of doesn't. You know, it is, it is what it is. Um, but uh, ended up getting God of War. Uh, Ragnarok, so I've been playing that off and on, and it's fucking fantastic. If you like, if you love the first one, you're gonna love the second one. But what's interesting is that the head writer had said that there is no, there's not going to be a third game. Um, when discussing in an interview, he said, "We don't think it's fair to make people wait that long." He says the first game ended where it needed to end, where the story had gone with Balder and, and Freya. It ended with that, right? Mm -hmm. And so everything felt like it had some pretty decent closure. Um, however, it was clear that there was going to be more. You know, you had like that little prophecy dream that um, Atreus has. And then he says, so with Ragnarok, we don't think it would be fair to leave, leave, leave on a cliffhanger and then have people wait three to four years for the next one. Mm. So this is it. And I was like, that's that's actually fucking dope. That's actually smart thinking right there. Because not everything has to be a trilogy, you know? No. But boy, are there some epic ones out there. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I think I think trilogy works for for film better than it does video games. Um, like you can have sequels to video games, but make sure that that game has a beginning, a middle and an end for each entry. Yeah. Because if you leave that second game on a cliffhanger and then make people wait years and years for that, that satisfying conclusion, it sucks. Oh, it does. Um, you make people wait a year or two, not as bad. But there's there's got to be a limit to that. I mean, look at fucking Halo Two, for Christ's sake. That was a fucking mess. But, um, but yeah. So, uh, uh, today, however, as of recording this on Wednesday, God, dude, I don't know what it was, but like around noon, I ordered DoorDash, and on the app, I have it say like, my my house is facing my street or the street address because I live in an apartment area. 
right? There's apartments across the street. My house is apartments, but my front door is facing the street. And the reason I say this is because the GPS sometimes will have you go into the alleyway. And uh, um, I've ordered DoorDash a bit. You know, I've, I've ordered pizza quite a bit. I've had people leave it at apartment number one up front. I've had people go to the alleyway and then call and be like, I can't find your house. I only see number four. I've had that happen tons of times. What happened today, I've never happened. I've never experienced. I've never had happen. Sorry. Um, so I go, you know what? She's heading down my street. I'll walk out towards the street. So just make it a little easier on her, right? All of a sudden, I get a text from DoorDash saying, your food's been delivered. I never saw her. And I'm like, what the fuck? How did you fuck that one up? So I look at the picture that they sent. And it said, it, it, I'm, I just said, like, I was like, that's not my front door. I was like, that's not my house. And she just goes, oh, no, I'm so sorry. I thought it was. The GPS took me there. And I, and I text back. So I was like, I said, uh, um, did you look at the address? And she goes, well, it said apartment two. You didn't look at the address. You didn't look at the GPS. Because I walked halfway down my street. And I'm I'm doing this, right? So my street's like this. I'm on my side of the street where my house is, right? And I'm looking and I'm just looking at every single door as I walk by going, did she leave it there? No, no, no. Looking for this right thing. So I look at the picture again. And I notice that the door frame is the is a different color than all the houses on my side of the street. And I look over across the street to the other apartments and it looks it's identical. Huh. And as I look over, I see apartment 2 which again is about halfway down my street and I see my food sitting in front of that that house. Well, I'm going to assume that she didn't get a five-star rating. I just reported it. Because, you know, DoorDash might send me an email being like, here's some credit. But I was like, that was wild. So that I dealt with that. And then um, today, you know, my, my uh, we, we got, my dad gets his uh, um, social security check today. So mm-hmm. we usually, I go shopping. And, uh. My mom's friend, since we don't have a car right now, my mom's friend Tanya has been picking me up every Wednesday and taking me to the store. So, bless her heart. Uh, she um, she takes me to, we had to make four stops. And the third star, yeah, so the third stop was the grocery store. It's packed in there, right? It's in, it's in the evening, people are getting off work, going shopping, but... What makes it worse is that there are people in that store that are what I like to call um, coupon shoppers. Oh, those. So uh, I'm, I like to get in and out. I like to be speedy about it. I like to get my shit and get the fuck out, right? I'm the same. Um, she is standing in front of... My dad wants pie filling. He wants cherry pie filling. She's standing in front of it with her cart kind of blocking the whole thing. And I'm like, you know what? I'm going to let her do her thing. I'm going to go get other stuff. I'll come back. So I go get a few more things. It's, you know, I come back. Now it's been about seven minutes, almost 10. And she's still there. 
and I watch her for a second, what she's doing is she'll pull all of the product off the shelf in that one area and put it in her cart and then start looking at the dates. And then she'll find the one that she wants and then put everything back. Jesus Christ. Yeah. Like there's going to be one that's magically going to last, you know, fucking a significant amount of time longer. If you're not planning on using it that soon, you don't need to be fucking buying it, lady. Uh-huh. I, so, what I do when people are in the way and I need something, I just give them a simple, excuse me, I just need to grab this and I'll be out of your way. Fuck it. So I thought about doing that. But she had she was doing so much. I was like, "Fuck, I'm just gonna come around." So, I see her. I see her still there, and I'm like, "Well, there's still more stuff in the area that I can grab real quick." So I go grab that, and I'm like, "Cause I don't like interaction. I don't want to talk to somebody. I just want to get my shit and go." But at this point, I'm already irritated because there are so many people in the store. People bringing their fucking whole family in, blocking a whole aisle. Like, what is the point if the aisle is two carts wide? Why do you have your cart here and then walk across the aisle and stand there? You have to move your whole shit for me to get past you. And then you act incensed that there's somebody there. I'm like, oh my God, dude, it drives me fucking nuts. People just don't know how to shop or don't care. One of the two. But anyway, so I come back and she's still doing it in that same exact spot. It's been about 20 minutes now. And I go, ma'am, I, I, there's something that you're standing in front of that I need. And she goes, okay, I'm just looking at the dates of these things. I was like, you know, those dates don't matter, right? That they put those labels on there, not because that's when the food's going to go bad, but because they need you to think that's when it's going to go bad, so you eat it faster and then buy more later. I was like, it's entirely a ploy. This isn't some... Oh, no, that's all, that's all I said. And she goes, well, how do you know? And I was like, because it's marketing 101, man. I was like, this isn't some conspiracy theory. Like, it isn't like Big Pharma or some shit. It's quite literally what they do intentionally. And she goes, well, I just want to be safe. And I'm like, that's fine. But you've been standing there for a while, and I've been coming back trying to find, trying to get uh, uh, some cherry pie filling that you've been standing in front of for 20 minutes now. And she goes, well, you don't have to be rude about it. <laughs> and I was like, I just don't have the patience for this. So she kind of moves and scoffs, and I was like, okay, I'm done, whatever. Um, so... After that and, and everything else, and I'm just like, again, I'm just getting more and more impatient. My fucking, you know, my meter's not all the way, you know, it's, it's I'm running out of patience. Um, so, uh, my dad needs new reading glasses. So I go over there, calling him on the phone and trying to get him to communicate what glasses he needs. While in the background, I have my mom interrupting. I wanted to kick a whole aisle. Uh, Just the whole damn aisle. Like, I go, Dad, I need to know what you need. He goes, well, it should be there. Dad, there are like 80 fucking glasses here. And he goes, well, it's hmm, it's the biggest one. And I go, Big, what, what does that mean, biggest one? Biggest size, biggest number. I don't know what that means. Well, it should be on the on the earpiece. So I pick it up and it's just like a, a line of fucking numbers and shit and just doesn't make any sense. So I go, okay, I'll just read them off to you real quick. So I just got like five, three, square, one, two, dash, two, three, space, L, S. Like I'm just doing that. 
And he starts laughing. He goes, no, that's not what I'm talking about. And I was like, well, then specify. Use your words. And he goes, is there a size chart? And I go, size chart, size chart, size chart. And I'm looking around. And he goes, yeah, it's going to say size chart on it. And I very loudly went, oh, my God. That that clears everything up. Now I know exactly what I'm looking for. Thanks. And I hear my mom start laughing. And she goes, she goes, Greg, you need to let him find it. He's like, okay. I find the size chart and he's like, what does it say? And I'm like, it says numbers. And they go down. They go from 3.25 to 3 to 250 to the to 225 to 2. He goes, okay, okay, just get the just get the biggest one then. And I was like, okay, 325. He goes, yes. So I go, okay, how much are they? And I start to pull like because like the the price was behind, like on like here they are. It's like it's like right here. You have to like pull them up and out to kind of see the price. And dad goes, they're 325, Greg. You said that earlier. And I went, no, I didn't. That was the size of the glasses, not the price. And mom goes, you said dollars. And I was like, I'm done. I'm grabbing these by click. I was like, I'm not having this argument. I'm not fucking having this argument. Oh, God. So, well, my story ain't done there because I was just like, that was, I was like, "Mm, not not tonight. Not right now. Because if I do have that argument with him in the store, I'm going to start arguing loudly. Like, my best option was to hang up the phone. Yeah. So I go to the register and I normally don't want to make fun of somebody for having potentially autism, but I, I got to tell you, this person that was behind the counter definitely had a touch of the tism for sure. She, she would be talking to herself and then make some weird comment like out of line. So she's helping the woman in line. I start putting my stuff on the conveyor belt. The way that I do it is in a quick fashion. It's just how I do things. Yeah. Um, I'm about done putting everything on the conveyor belt. And she goes, you know, you put that stuff on there so fast. I'm just going to go real slow. Now, I know she's joking. I know she's kidding. But my brain went, my brain didn't say, fuck you. It went. Why are you even making that joke? <laughs> like what to what extent do you think that's going to end? <laughs> so of course I fake it and I'm just like, "Ha, huh, yeah, I just I just do things a little quick. That's no big deal." I'm not rushing you. She's like, "There's nobody behind you in line. You can slow down." And I'm like, "Or, and hear me out on this, ring up my stuff and shut your mouth." Just <laughs> a thought. I didn't say that, but that's what I thought. So, um I uh, I get up there. She's ringing my stuff up, and she just keeps kind of talking to herself. She's like, every single item she scans, she reads it out loud, kind of thing. Yeah. And I'm like, okay, whatever. It's not that big. Like, whatever, whatever. Then she'll start singing. Like she started singing some Christmas song, oh, God. and she just out very out loud goes, "Whoops, that's SpongeBob." <laughs> huh? What? Okay. Uh, all right, sure. So she goes to put my mom. My mom, her stomach was fucked up, so 
she can't really eat a whole lot of uh, other foods. But right now, for some reason, cherry tomatoes don't make her sick. So I have a couple containers of cherry tomatoes. And the containers that I get are like, I don't know, they're weirdly packaged. And there's this like seal on the top because it's like a dome. And then the actual lid is like down here. And there's like yeah. a weird... The little yellow and clear yeah. yellow on the bottom. Yep. yep so that little, that little seal comes off on the bottom. Mm-hmm. And she puts it in the bag and she says that that lid, that little lid came off. And I went, ah, no big deal. Just we'll, we'll fix it when we get out. It's not a big deal. She's like, okay, I guess the Grinch must have stole it. Were you making an excuse? Like, was what was the what? <laughs> Ma'am, I'm I don't want to be here to begin with, and I definitely don't want to decipher what the fuck you're talking about. <laughs> so <laughs> I just kind of like, all right. And the woman in line, she looks at me and she just kind of gives me this look like, fuck. Like, <laughs> I'm like, wow. Ah. So she finishes ringing everything up and she makes some weird comment about like how expensive everything was. Cause she's like, dude, you got a lot of food. Oh my God. Blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, uh-huh. This is like two weeks worth of food. <laughs> of course it's going to be $400. Cause California is expensive. Um, cause it, it's not, it doesn't look like two, two, two weeks worth of food. I can promise you that. Yeah. But, uh, we make it last. So uh, she goes, I'm not even going to mention how expensive it is. Anyway, it's 417. <laughs> I would have said, but you just told me you weren't going to mention how expensive. I dude, I was at that point. I was tired. I didn't want to be there. I had a little tiny. I, I still do. It's like right here is headache right here. But and I was <laughs> just like, OK. Uh, she goes to take out my receipt and rips it in half on accident. No big deal. It really is not a big deal that she ripped the receipt. Um, and she goes, I'm really, really sorry I ripped the receipt. And I said, it's fine. That's no big deal. I'm going to you know, put it back together when I get home. So it's not a big deal. She goes, uh, it must have been the Smurfs. That's what she says. And I'm like, okay. <laughs> All right. So I, <laughs> I don't, I don't. Again, I'm just just trying to get the fuck out of the store. I hate grocery shopping. I just want to get out. So I start to walk away, and I get out of the way, off to the side, near where the woman who does the self-checkout. And I take the receipt, and I start trying to figure, like fold it without having it be bulky in my wallet, so that way I can... Because I, I use an app that I can scan it later and get points. Yeah. And the, the woman stands there. She goes, everything all right? And I went... Yeah, that's fine. I just fold in my receipt. And she goes, she looks at me and goes, how was she? <laughs> Very quiet. And I went, oh, a little weird, but she's fine. And she was like, okay. And uh, how was she? They know. They <laughs> fucking know. They know. So uh, she, as I'm folding the receipt, the woman looks back and she goes, like, she's behind me. And she just goes, I accidentally ripped his receipt. I'm really sorry. And I said, uh, she goes, no, he's fine. He's just putting in his wallet. He's not complaining to me. And she goes, it must have been SpongeBob. Stop it. (laughs) Stop stop referencing cartoon characters whenever anything happens, ma'am. God damn it. (laughs) 
Wow. So the woman just looks at me because I don't, none of that was said. She just looks, she goes, okay. <laughs> and I just went to later. I was like, you have a good one. She's like, yeah, you too. <laughs> oh, huh. yeah, it was weird. But huh. so after that, I had to go to the pharmacy for my mom. Now, the pharmacy closed at 5, and it is currently, at that time, it was like 10 after 4.30. So it was at 10, 10, 10.40. Or sorry, 4.40. Yeah, yeah. Because it closed at 5, yeah. And the 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 line is long. Like, it's going outside of the pharmacy, bill, the, the room. Because it's in, it's in a hospital, but it's like, I don't know. Anyway, doesn't matter. Details. I get what you're saying. Yeah. And she... Uh, I'm standing in line. So my... I wish I could do this properly. There's the cutoff line. Like, here's the hospital. Here's the pharmacy, right? There's that line. My mm-hmm. feet are on that line. I'm three feet behind the dude that's next in line. Yeah. This very short woman just goes, whip, right in between me and that guy. Oh, no. I so the guy know. looks back and he goes, are you are you trying to get to this woman over here? And, like, points to the woman in front of him. or like, And she goes, no, I'm just in line. And he goes, did you know you just cut in front of him? And she goes, she looks back at me and goes, oh, okay. And just stands there. And he goes, he looks, he goes, you're not going to move? And he goes, for what? And I went, I looked, I was like, you know what? I don't have the patience to deal with people like you, but you type people the fucking worst. And she goes, well, that's rude. And I said, it's rude to cut in line of people, you fucking bitch. The dude is looking at me, he goes, damn and just turns around and she just like in sense just kind of turns around and looks away from me and i said you're very lucky i don't have the energy or patience to have an argument or make a scene right now she just she occasionally would glare back the woman behind me taps my shoulder and she goes did you just call her a bitch for cutting in line i went yeah and she goes nice <laughs> and for like the rest of the time she just kept like if she would look back at me i'd just be glaring at her she knew she fucked up. Yeah. But. Yeah, it was just like, it's fucking crazy, dude. Like, today has been weird with that shit. But yeah, so that's my story. You know, it's probably the snort, so I wouldn't worry about it. <laughs> I need to start doing that shit for more often. <laughs> so weird. So fucking bizarre. Like, that's why I say she might have a touch of the tism. Because I and she I might know... just be doing it just because she knows people won't know what to think of it. She could be fucking with people. And if that's the case, genius. I but... would like I would agree with you to a point because I've done that. I've acted stupid intentionally, but when I've watched when I watch her do it for longer than a certain period of time, or she does it when other people aren't really listening or looking, that's when I'm like, like if she's playing the super long con, right? That's that's the difference. Yeah. Most people can't play the super long con. No, especially if you're a cashier at Walmart. I'm just saying. Like, not saying you're dumb, but you're also not the brilliant, most brilliant person in the world. You're not rocket surgeons. No. Um. But uh, 
And I also say a touch of the tism because I've, I've known quite a few people with Asperger's, which is a form of autism, do exactly what she does. They're, they, they, they get so awkward and their social anxiety gets so bad that they say and do what they think is right. And it's just bizarre to everybody else in the room. Yeah. So, but I also, you know, knowing that I didn't want to call her out on it, you know, that's why I just kept it to myself and I'm just in there thinking like, this is going to be a funny story for later. Yeah, yeah. You know, we're not making fun of her. It's just a humorous observation of somebody's eccentricities. <laughs> you know, eccentricities is the correct phrase. It, it, it's, is it a little odd? Yeah. But I find it amusing and not in a, uh, haha, look at this R word kind of way, you know. Right. Yeah, I'm not making fun of her autism or potential autism, but her autism did make for some funny moments. <laughs> and that's but. the thing. We got to be able to laugh at funny moments and share them in a healthy way. And, you know, and I don't think you're doing so in a uh, uh, negative lot. Not at all. I would hope I'm not. But then again, no, no. Internet can be very but, judgy. It can be. But she definitely had a thing for Christmas, though. Oh, yeah, yeah. She was singing. Yeah, she's constantly singing Christmas songs. She blamed the Grinch at one point. But anyway, um, yeah, that's been that's been my time in between the podcast. Uh, well, why don't we go ahead? We had 30 minutes of just intro, huh? Um, 26 of it was you. That's not accurate. Was too. I asked how your week was at about three minutes and forty seven seconds in. I don't know. Yes. We're gonna time that shit later. I don't think it was that long. <laughs> I normally don't have that much going on in my week. You I'm don't. Normally... You don't. You don't. And I'm not. I'm not knocking you for it. And usually, you know, I talk longer. I'm not making fun of you or giving you shit about it. I'm just saying it was seriously about twenty six minutes. Um, well, on that note, uh, I hope it was entertaining. I know that it was. Um, so this week we're going to be talking about, uh, Midnight Club by Mike Flanagan on Netflix. If you don't know who he is, uh, you should get to know his, his body of work because it's fucking great. Um, at least, at least at the very, at the very least watch, uh, uh, Midnight Mass. That show is fucking wonderful. Mm-hmm. Um, so we're talk about yeah his new one Min, uh, Midnight Club, um, and then we're going to talk about episode eleven of uh, Andor. So are we new... talking about Midnight Club first? Yeah. Oh, okay. I wasn't prepared for that. I was thinking we'd talk Andor first, but it's okay. That's what we get for not communicating. That's right. Um, <laughs> but we usually have like a little powwow before we record, just to kind of get our our you know thoughts together and whatnot and uh, warm up a little bit but everything i wanted to talk about with my i was like i want to talk about on the podcast instead which you know in retrospect i guess i could have just talked to you anyway um regardless yeah, so <laughs> so uh yeah midnight club so the midnight club uh it's actually been out for about a month now 
but it is a series uh, done by Mike Flanagan and uh, Leah Fong, uh, with Flanagan actually serving as showrunner, showrunner, lead writer, and executive producer. Uh, it's an American horror mystery thriller series. It is actually mostly based on the 1994 novel, The Midnight Club, that was written by Christopher Pike. But the series also contains elements from many other Pike books featured in the Midnight Club tales themselves. And what these are, <clears throat> pardon me, it's a group of eight closely terminally ill, blah, blah, blah. A group of eight close, terminally ill young adults residing in the Brightcliff Home Hospice outside of Seattle run by an enigmatic doctor. They meet at midnight every night to tell each other scary stories. They make a pact that the first one to succumb to their disease is responsible for communicating with the others from beyond the grave. So when they tell these stories that they make up, their midnight club tales, uh, usually the characters within these stories are being portrayed by the actors that are, you know, like uh, <clears throat> Amon Benson plays Elanka. She's pretty much the main character. So when she's telling her stories or when stories are being told that she appears in, she's not in them as Elanka. She's in them as Sarah or Sheila or whatever, you know. Yeah. <clears throat> It's very interesting and very entertaining. And unlike Flanagan's previous series, this one's not a one and done. It's intended to last multiple seasons. Yeah, and it can. I mean, it's it's realistically speaking, it's an anthology show with a overarching story, so. Yes. And and if I'm being honest, like that was the most interesting part to this show to me was the the anthology stories. I think that it's, it's definitely important to have the kids tell the stories and have it connect to their personal experiences in their lives to really kind of make that story kind of pop. Mm -hmm. But I found those stories to be far more fascinating than the rest of the stories about the kids. And their, you know, terminal diseases. That's fair. Not that they weren't interesting. I just, you know, one's more interesting than the other. It's yeah, kind of like, and some of those stories were really damn interesting. Yeah. Um, I do like how some of them had bad endings, but then the kids that are telling the stories would tell the other one, like, that was bad ending. I liked that because I was like, that's, that's, that's smart. Like, if you know it kind of sucks, it's a kid telling the story. So. Um, the one thing about it that I can't quite figure out. Is there actual mysticism going on? Oh, you mean like the spirits that the um, <clears throat> Alonka was seeing? And everybody yeah. else is like, no, we don't see that. Yeah, because like at the end, it was revealed that like, uh, what's her name was was pretending to be the ghost voices or anything like that. Um, 
like uh, I don't remember any of the characters' names. I should be a shocker to nobody. Um, but the 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 gay kid who was he was his story had a lot to do with him being gay. Um, and it was also said in 1994 slash 1995. So yeah, um, trust me, <clears throat> it's like his story about being gay. I'm sure is going to resonate with a lot of people out there, and I'm not taking that away. But I do want to specify that it was a clarifying like character point. <laughs> Um, yeah. uh, no, he heard that, that like, Sp- uh, Spencer was his name. Cause the girl was like Spencer over the fucking intercom. Mm-hmm. And he, like when it was revealed that, that she was doing that to him, uh, it was like, Oh, Oh, sorry. Uh, it was revealed that a lot of the supernatural stuff that we had experienced or seen, wasn't real yeah and that that like the the irish girl in the wheelchair the thing that kept reaching out to her was her visual representation of death yeah and and a lot of them actually say you know these drugs that we're on they make you see shit yeah so so i'm sitting there thinking okay none of the mysticism that we saw none of the supernatural shit we saw was real but then the end of the episode leads me to believe that it still might be and i'm like i don't like is it is it not it's very weird but you know that's why there's going to be potentially a season two you know i i hope there is a season two um Obviously, there will be new characters because, hey, these characters, some of, they're all terminally ill, you know. So, we've already seen one go, you know. And that was the thing: the, these these kids they find um, they find this diary and they find these symbols, you know, and like there used to be a cult that occupied that house. And they find rituals and like, oh, we can do these rituals and sacrifice this to these five sisters and they'll heal you. And, you know, they do this ritual on their friend and then their friend just, nope, she fucking died. Yeah. (laughs) You know, and then one of them's like, oh, one of them's going home. They're not terminally ill. And they're like, oh, shit, the ritual worked. No, it just happened to be a misdiagnosis, you know, and. This, this, you know, last test was done two weeks before we did that ritual. So, no, there's, you know, it's like there are supernatural elements to it, but a lot of them are shot down. The only thing is the one guy, Kevin, sees some of the same uh, apparitions as Alonka does. Or he claims to anyway. We don't see things from his perspective. We see it from her perspective. Yeah. You know. Um, so it's it's hard to say. I mean, there's still some mystery there. But at the same time, you know, the others say, no, we've never seen anything like this. And there's a term for it that they use. And it was a French term. It's So it's called uh, folie à deux. And it yeah. means, it means uh, like... Uh, a shared shared delusion delusion yeah so the reason i know that is because the, the sequel to joker is called joker fully i do 
I'm sorry. So that's gonna suck. <laughs> Regardless how you feel about the sequel to that, like somewhat okay movie. Um and that's putting it nicely somewhat okay. Because if it didn't have anything to do with Gotham or the Joker, it would have been a lot fucking better. I'm just saying right now. I'm just going to put it out there. Uh, but that's, you know, besides the point. Um, but yeah, that's the only reason I know that phrase. Uh, but yeah, so... Oh, oh, God damn it. They might be on the same medication and it might be causing them to sleepwalk. And because one of them might be, you know, they're, they're both talking about the same shit in the same house. That's how easy it is to have a shared delusion. Yeah. That's why shared delusions exist in the first place. So it wasn't out of the realm possibility of that. Uh, that being said, um, that's what I want to know about this show is, was there any actual mysticism? Because if not, it it would it would you know it make sense. But if there is, what of it was and what of it wasn't. So, uh, I'm leaning towards that there is no actual supernatural element at all. That the the woman who runs Brightcliff is or was a member of the cult, and she mm-hmm. knows that it's Bubkiss. She knows that it doesn't work, but the delusions of it stuck with the other woman um i can't remember her name they said it like 80 fucking times during the show and i don't remember her name shasta was it shasta the woman that played the fucking like nun in midnight mass yeah her character's name was shasta i thought it was like julie or something like that oh that's who she ended up being uh, julia jane yeah that's okay that's what i thought yeah but um but yeah but her her, uh, her alias was Shasta, and that's yeah, what okay. she was going by for the first half of the series. Okay, well, uh, anyway, uh, yeah, I, don't know. I I think the show's fun. I think it's got a lot of potential. It's definitely I'll say this much about the the uh, stories that the kids were telling is you know what vibe the stories gave me. Uh. And it depended on who was telling the story and what the story was about, but it was either Goosebumps or Are You Afraid of the Dark? I was going to say, Are You Afraid of the Dark? Yeah. I never I never watched any of those, but... I watched both, and I read a lot of Goosebumps when I was a kid. So oh, okay. I feel like the authority on this subject. But it felt very much like that. Like, this show wasn't scary. Um, Like, I can say that... Haunting of Bly Manor and Haunting of Hill House were scarier. Are they as scary as some of the shit I've seen? Absolutely not. Um, they were light in comparison, but uh, um, fuck it, because Midnight Mass wasn't even scary, right? No, but Midnight Mass was fucking near flawless storytelling. Yeah. Uh. I think I think that's where Mike Flanagan shines is doing a story that takes place with horror elements but isn't scary. Um 
like there are some moments in these shows that have cool jump scares. Yeah. But they're far and few in between. And they're they're done so well that it's that nice little jolt of adrenaline during your show. You're just yeah. like, oh, okay. <laughs> yeah. So, and, and I did like the one girl when she was telling her story about uh, and she was use, overusing the jump scares and they called her on it. Yeah. That was that was, that was super fun. But yeah, I kind of hope, I genuinely hope that we don't ever actually meet these characters again. Um, not necessarily in this same fashion. I want the next season to be 10 years down the road. I want it to be like 2003. And all those terminally ill kids are dead and that's a new batch of dead kids. And then you can bring back those actors as maybe ghosts. Wouldn't that be neat? We'll see what happens. Maybe there will be a season two. I mean, it's, you know, it's Mike Flanagan. Um, he's got a pretty good track record with Netflix. I feel that out of the four things that he has submitted to Netflix, this ranks the least Yes, in oh, terms yes. of quality, but it's not bad. No, that doesn't mean it's bad. No, his, it's his, not his, as compelling and gripping, though, as The Haunting of Hill House, The oh, Haunting this, of Bly Manor. And also, this is, number five. this is number five. Oh, is it number five? What he was did Gerald, uh, Gerald's Game. Oh, well, that's a movie, though. I'm talking series. Yeah, this is the fourth series, but yeah. Yeah, yeah it's fourth series. I, I forgot that he did do that. That's a Stephen King movie, isn't it? Yep. He also said in an interview recently that uh, his, his like, Mount Everest is uh, Dark Tower. Nice. So, but I try, I would trust him with Dark Tower for sure. Yes, I would definitely trust him with the Dark Tower. Uh, because. Ooh, don't even get me going. Yeah, no, it's... We've had that conversation. Oh, damn it. Sorry, everybody. We're recording this late. My brain doesn't want to work like it does in the morning. <laughs> late, anyway. he says. It's 6.40 p.m. for him. It's 9.40 p.m. for me. You can't Time see you... my face, but I'm giving Maya that look. If you look on YouTube, you could see that face. Yeah, that's true. That's right here. Uh, what do you give this uh, series, Maya? I'd give it a B plus. It's fair. It's 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 good. It's pretty solid. Uh, there are some very emotional, touching moments, but it doesn't just hit like those other three series that he's done. And it's you know unfair to compare those. Uh, because they're completely different types of stories. But something about this just didn't hit home for me like those others did. But the acting is great. The soundtrack, the choice of soundtrack. Oh, my God. It was my fucking senior year of high school. I was just oh. like, yeah. <laughs> I was loving it. To, when did this take place again? I don't remember. 1994. Night four, okay. So two thousand four was when I went the other show. Yeah, it started in ninety four, and carried on into ninety five. 
because it was right at the end of the senior year uh, for Ilanka, which was 1994. So I'm going to say it's probably roughly around April of 94, May of 94. And then she gets her diagnosis with the cancer. And then it fast forwards nine months later. So that would have had to be early 1995. Gotcha. Okay. That makes sense. Um, I'm going to go with a B. Uh, I think it's mostly serviceable and it, it does a good job. It's not uninteresting to the point that I didn't enjoy myself. Um, I think that there are elements of this show I could have done without. Um, but for the most part, I had a good time. Uh, I think you nailed it on the head. Like this is the, the least like, it's the least, not say least best, because that's bad English, but it's the least best show of his. And I say best in regards to the fact that it's still good. It's still sort. I think this show is going to be more for a younger audience. This is like an adult author going back and writing a young adult novel. That's what this feels like. Does that make sense? Yeah. Which is, it makes sense considering the Midnight Club novels are young adult novels. So, okay. Um, from what I looked at, yeah, the the Midnight Club books are not written for adults. Not that you couldn't enjoy it as an adult, but they are meant for 14 to 19. And that's where the audience for this show felt like. And it's fun for that. You know, I think that that's what it needed to do. That's what it was designed to do. So kudos to everyone around. Like Mike Flanagan is clever with his writing. And I, it's like Maya and I said, every time he has a new show on Netflix, we're going to watch it. The next one that he has, I think it was. The Fall of the House of Usher. Yes. Yes. Thank you. Yeah. Which I saw the cast of that and I'm like, I'm in, I'm in. Which I like, like, he's doing the same shit that I love when certain directors do, where they're just like, they're my friend and they're going to be in this movie. I'm surprised his wife didn't make it in this series. Yeah. I was like, I was expecting her to pop up in at least a role, a small role somewhere. Nope. Okay. Yeah. Okay, whatsoever. Yeah, I knew that Raw Cooley was in one episode, but I didn't know when he was going to show up. And then he did, and I was like, hey, I know that guy. And, the and guy that, that was a cool story. Oh yeah, I like that one. That was that was smart. I like the way that they see. That's that's the point I think I'm making about like where why I feel like it's for young adults is that the story would be mystery and you're trying to figure it out, and then the end of these kids' story they just lay it out. They just it's all out on the table suddenly, and you're like, oh my god, fucking Lord dump suddenly, and and that's definitely a young adult style novel thing. So. Just my two cents. Oh, that's the whole point you, of this fucking podcast. If you haven't checked it out, go ahead and do so. I mean, it's good. Um, it's not stellar, but if you if you had to watch one thing from Mike Flanagan, and you wanted scary, watch Haunting of Hill House. Uh, if you want if you stellar want, fucking story with uh, Catholic trauma, watch Midnight Mass. Mass. <laughs> Yeah. 
Um, all right, well, uh, let's go ahead and move on to Andor. Yeah, episode 11, the penultimate episode of Andor. This one was titled Daughter of Ferrix. Uh, it opens up. Uh, we see that Cassian's adoptive mother, Marva, has passed away, prompting a funeral ceremony on Ferrix, which uh, Daedra Mero encourages in the hopes of rooting out rebel activity in the area and hopefully attracting Cassian Andor back to Ferrix. Um, Vel informs Clea about Marva's death and learns of Mon Mothma's reluctant plan to marry off her daughter to secure funding through, uh, through Davo, uh, Davo Skulden. Uh, Cyril Karn learns about the funeral from Mosk, uh, Sergeant Mosk, and makes plans to find Cassian himself. Saw Guerrera decides to assist Anton Krieger's attack on Spellhouse, but is advised against it by Luthen, citing that the ISB knows about the impending assault, uh, which in turn angers Saw. He's like, you're just giving them up for slaughter. He says, you know, who wouldn't you burn? Uh, when he's returning to Coruscant, Luthen escapes from an Imperial patrol, Destroying several TIE fighters in the process. And that was an awesome scene. Holy shit, that was so cool. Uh, as for Cassian, we see him and Melshi uh, continuing their escape from Narcana 5. And they actually hitch a ride with a couple of Narcanians uh, traveling to Niamos to recover Cassian's belongings and money. And after that, he discovers that his mother has passed the Hiyamelshi part ways, intending to publicly expose the Empire's unjust prison system. <clears throat> I mean, so, and more. Um, yeah. Yeah, there's a lot went down. I mean, you know, we see... No, I mean, I mean to, to expose... Because uh, we, we know that Melchi comes back. He's in... Isn't he in Rogue One? He's in Rogue One, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, I was like... Because that thing you just read said to expose their prison system I was like, and more. They're mm -hmm. going to do a lot more later. Yeah. There was... I fucking adore this show. Every fucking primary character is fascinating. And I love them. Even the, you know, the woman that's working for the ISB. First and foremost, I want to point something out about this show that I pointed out to my dad. All these characters. All these fantastic characters are life and fucking limb doing things. They are risking everything to do this. And they're being secretive and there's all these moving parts, right? And these characters have to interact with one another and you have to sacrifice this guy to keep this guy who might be better. And all of a sudden, out of nowhere, through after years and years and years of this, this fucking farm kid out of nowhere comes in and goes, I did it! Like, if there was one thing about this show that I'm like, I like, it's so fucking good, right? It's so good. But man, does it make fucking, does it make a new hope just pale in comparison? God, does it make it pale in comparison? Does that, am I making sense when I say that? Because I feel like I am, but. Yeah, yeah. I get what you're saying. I'm picking up what you're putting down. Like, oh, everything about this show is just, is just fucking, you got every, every piece of it has my full attention, right? Yeah. 
Oh, we saw a down. droid grieve. That was so sad. <laughs> I felt so bad for B. Oh. And again, it's like we've said, like this show is the least watched fucking Star Wars show on Disney Plus, and we're just like, what what do you people want? You wanted a more mature Star Wars. Here you have it, and you're not watching it. Yeah. It's a good thing this show got greenlit for season two, though, regardless. Oh yeah. I'm happy about that. And that filming starts on that this coming Monday. Yep. It's it's something special. It really is something special. And um I I I can't wait to see next week. Like again, the only characters that we know the fate of are Cassian and Mon Moth Mothma. And to be fair, we really don't know her fate so much because it was never established on screen her ultimate fate. Uh, well, let me rephrase that. We know that she's there when the second Death Star is destroyed and alive. Yeah, exactly. How she gets there, her... Like, the everything else leading up to that, we have no clue. Yeah. And everything after that, we have no idea what she's up to, really. True, but you know, will the show go after that? Because this show takes place before episode four, so... Yep. So we don't... We don't know shit. I'm just... I can't get enough of the show. Like, they introduce these fucking awesome characters. And, and Cassian constantly has these awesome characters tell him to fucking climb and then they die. Yeah. <clears throat> like, fucking, uh, the ro- I can't do the robot's name. KS- KSO? K2- KS- K2SO. K2SO. Tells him to climb. Uh, the dude, uh, you know, in the ship who was smashed was like, climb. And they do, and they escape, and then he dies. And then fucking, uh, what's his name? Oh, talk about um, Andy Serkis's character. Yeah. Kimo Loy. Kino, thank you. Um, Tells him to fucking climb when they're esca- making the escape. But then the fucking, I can't swim. Oh, there's just, oh my God, dude, I can't get enough of this show. Like, I'm just going to say like a plus fucking a plus of this episode, a plus of this show. Like they could have a subpar finale next week and I'm sure I'd still enjoy it. (laughs) Yeah. It's been pretty fucking phenomenal. Um, I give this episode an A. It wasn't quite a plus material for me. But it wasn't far off. I mean, it was really strong. And that scene with Luthen where he just fucking puts it over on the Imperials when, uh, you know, given a glimpse into whatever his past may have been. Holy shit. What the fuck did he do before he became an art broker? Yeah. He's a, he's a mystery know, character. I want to know more about him. Well, that's, I think that's the thing. Like, if this show was just about Luthen and Saw Guerrera, I'd be happy. Having those, having uh, fucking Saw and, and Luthen talk to each other, first and foremost, let's be honest, it's not just Saw and Luthen. It's straight up fucking Stellan Skarsgård and Forrest Whitaker. Uh, Forrest Whitaker having a fucking 
like master class. Man, fuck, that was good. Like, oh my god, dude. Like last week, just last week with with Stellan and what he said to that fucking dude who was a mole. Like, what have what you've given? Like, what have you given up? What have I given up? Yeah, that that speech, that monologue was amazing. You know, he's like, I share my dreams with ghosts. Yeah. And then, and then we got fucking. Um, I can't think of his name, but the dude that uh, basically fucked up in episode one, two, and three. Cyril Corn. Cyril, Cyril. Like his story is fucking awesome because he he's not a good guy. You know, he's not he's not a, a he's not an antagonist, but he's a fucking rad character. Oh, I love this show, dude. This is probably my favorite Star Wars show next to Mandalorian that they've done so far. Yeah, yeah, it's really fucking good. I'm I'm very pleased with it, and I can't wait for the finale for next week. And sucks that we're gonna have to wait so long for season two. Um, I'm just happy we're getting a season two. Yeah. You know, uh, but hopefully they'll do three seasons like they said they wanted to do. They initially wanted five, but they just won't be able to because of the scope of everything, but they're hoping to do three. Yeah. Um, yeah, cause I, I, I do want to everything to lead up to Rogue One. Um, I like Rogue One is one of, is is it's my second favorite Star Wars movie of all time. Yeah, I was gonna say like it's it's in my top three. I don't know where to place them because it's it's Empire, Rogue One, and and Last Jedi. Is in my that's top my three. that's my top three in that order. Okay. <sighs> my God. Well, uh, such a good show. Such a fucking excellent show. Um. Do we know how many episodes? Hold on, I'm looking at eight. Okay. Uh, all right, well, we're going to wrap it up there, guys. It's uh, it's an hour into the podcast, and I think that's good. That's a good you know, part to end it on. Just go watch Andor. If you haven't been watching Andor, I don't know what the fuck you're doing. There's 11 episodes. It's fucking wonderful. Um, uh, next week, everybody, we're going to watch the finale of Andor. Very excited. Finale of season one, to be very specific. Thank God. Um, and we're going to watch... Something that Maya and I have both been excited for, night or eighteen ninety nine, which is by the makers of Dark on Netflix, which if, to this day is one of my favorite shows on Netflix. And I get asked, people say, well, "There's never anything good on Netflix." I don't know where to watch. Really Dark, Dark is my Dark is my go to suggestion every time. Every time, same here. Somebody, I had, I think it was Mark. It's Mark. Uh, yeah, because he was like, I don't really like uh, time travel stories. Or <laughs> like, watch Dark. <laughs> watch Dark. <laughs> yep. Um, but uh, but yeah, so that that's uh, that guy actually comes out tomorrow on the on the seventeenth, which is also my dad's birthday. Oh well, you'll have to tell your dad happy birthday from me. I will. And uh, he got it. He got a little. He got a he had a happy birthday balloon from everybody at dialysis today. <laughs> oh. That's uh, awesome. But um, but yeah, uh, that's eight episodes long, so not a, and it's hour an hour piece, I think. So it's not going to be difficult, like a very digestible watch. 
Um, but yeah, those, those two things. Um, so join us for those. Uh, make sure you follow us on all the socials which are listed down, listed down below. Uh, we'll try to keep you updated if we add anything. I doubt we will, but we'll see. Um, yeah, I yeah. don't see us adding anything this time. No, it's something that would have to surprise us. Um, uh, check out our Teespring store. You know, fall is upon us. Winter's right around the corner. Uh, literally next month. And felt like it this past few days here. It's been fucking pretty cold. Um, it didn't get above 37 degrees here today. It was like 32 degrees this morning when Misty took Madison to school. I think that's probably our lowest. Uh, today, I think it got up to 57 was the highest. But, you know, California versus Virginia. So there's that. Um. But yeah, so on our Teespring store, we have, there's hoodies there. There's, uh, do they sell socks? I think they sell socks. Yeah, but we, we don't have any socks on there. Gotcha. Um, okay. But there's hoodies, there's sweatshirts, you know, zippered and pullover, uh, you know, t-shirts. You know, you can never go wrong with a t-shirt. If you're going to dress for layers, you know, you layer go. it up, get you a hoodie, get you a t-shirt. Yeah. Double the love. Um. But yeah, so uh, go do that. And if you send a, you know, if you buy one, send us a picture. Let us know you did. We'll give you a little shout out if they say thank you. And all the proceeds from our Teespring sales go right into the podcast for services and other shit like that. Um, so if you're wondering, you know, if we're making any money off of it, not really. Nope. But we appreciate you. Um, Absolutely. So uh, other than that, if you want to watch the live video of today's podcast, head on our YouTube channel, which is also listed down below. Um, we'll have to plan it out, but I, I do I would like to do a Jackbox stream. Maybe next Wednesday. Um, I, I know that I'm not doing anything next Wednesday, so we definitely need to try to play Jackbox Party Pack 9. <laughs> which, you know, I'm, I'm all for that because uh won't be doing anything next Thursday. Uh, my mother made that clear yesterday. Maybe we'll do a Thursday, uh, Jackbox stream. We'll see. We'll do a Thanksgiving <clears throat> one. Thanksgiving Jackbox. We might. I mean, it's, it's kind of hard to do that just because everyone's spending time with, you know, their family. family. Yeah. yeah. So, so I think we'll shoot for Wednesday. We'll shoot for next Wednesday. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, that'll, that will, you'll see that on social medias and whatnot. Um, and you'll, and, uh, that, the, the, to watch that, it'll be on twitch.tv slash chub uh that's it for my notes maya where can folks find you you can find me on facebook under my name maya dawn fisher it's a public profile it's also linked to my twitter and instagram accounts so it's your one-stop shop to follow everything i'm up to greg where can people find you uh, you can follow me on chub rock geek under all socials uh all socials under chub rock geek is what, how i meant to say that <laughs> um and that's it for right now uh like i said twitch.tv slash chub rock geek um, I also post clips from games that I play on my Twitter. So if you want to go check that out, that's that's a good time. I've been playing a lot of Overwatch, so I have a few Overwatch clips on there. Uh, we try to get Maya into it, but Maya is real bad at shooters. So what are you gonna do? You, you and Andy have over five years' experience in Overwatch, and the two days' experience I had just could not hold a candle to what you guys could do. And I just don't have the patience or the time to get as good as you guys, if ever. Well, there's I'm two, trash there's at two. shooters and. Well, there's two factors you have to put, keep in mind. Like, yes, do do Andy and I have five years experience playing Overwatch? Yes. And what that gains credence to is learning the counters. 
learning exactly. what counters what. And there's so much because that's why I say it's action chess. It's not yeah, checkers. Yeah. Like Call of Duty is checkers. Everyone has a, a gun. It's not a shoot. button pushing game, that's for sure. No. You have to think and you have to really be on your toes. And you know, uh don't get me wrong, it's a fun game, but it's one that I don't have the time to commit to to get good enough to where I'll feel like I wouldn't be a hindrance. You know what I'm saying? Right. Well, because like, like Andy and I were talking about it, and one of the downsides you have in regards to playing that game is you play Diva, and I hate to say this wrong. Um, the way you want to play Diva is you is like. For example, that four-piece you got on that clip you posted, uh, great four-piece, not taking that away. However, if you were to play in the competitive ranks that Andy and I play in, you wouldn't have gotten a single kill. No, no. So that's that's what I mean. But, you know, it was fun when we did play it a little bit. Uh, yeah, but, you know. There are, I will say this, there are... Um, custom games and arcade things that are super fun to play. So maybe we'll throw you into one of those. I don't know. Like Andy and I have been having fun with that shit occasionally when we're not, you know, cause like the, the problem is that Andy and I are for the most part support mains and support is supposed to heal your team, keep your team live as best you can while they're fucking doing DPS and, and all shit like that. And we'll just get, I need healing. I need healing while I'm healing them. So, that shit's fucking frustrating. We had a guy tell, like, we kept our fucking tank alive. We were almost exclusively pocketing our tank. And they kept spamming, I need healing. They had full health. Spamming, I need healing. I finally died, and I, because I can just press the button and then speak into my mic, and it'll auto-fill it. And I went, can you, uh, how do I say that? I think I said, like, can you stop spamming, you need healing, when we're healing you yeah um to which i got a response of shut up so andy and i went cool we'll dive fuck it like he thinks this is important to us we're gonna lose now and we lost and then i said did you still need healing because i think you weren't getting any so i can get real toxic if i want to but that's the downside to playing overwatch right now is that you have people who don't know how to play overwatch are good at shooters, but don't understand those mechanics of overwatch that I was saying earlier. Yeah. And then assuming that they do know. So like, we'll have a tank that's super divey is in the middle of a fucking four V one. And then we're trying to heal and they not getting any, like watch the clip the other day of a fucking Reinhardt swinging his hammer at another Reinhardt with a Reaper right there. While a Batiste is over there throwing fucking grenade uh, healing grenades at, at 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 his Reinhardt's feet, and then and then the fucking Reaper started coming at the Batiste, so he had to jump out of there and back away. Then his his Reinhardt dies, and his Reinhardt goes, "Can I get some fucking healing?" And the Batiste goes, "I what you were? Did you really think that you were taking on a another Rhine and a fucking Reaper at a steady eighty health?" Oh, my, dude, it's constant. Fucking constant. Like, Andy and I are having a great fucking time playing the game right now, but Jesus Christ. Watched a clip on TikTok the other day of a Moira 
just using her fucking healing stream on a on a roadhog. She's just constantly, constantly fuck. We call it piss because it looks like piss coming out of her wrist. But she's just pissing all mm-hmm. over him, healing him, and then she'll throw her healing orb out and then piss on him some more, and then try to do some damage because she the way that she gains a, the ability to heal is she has to do DPS. So she does DPS heal, DPS heal, and then she uses her alt and she's like exclusively the beam is exclusively on Roadhog, and you hear the Roadhog say. Moira, can you stop using your beam to do DPS and heal me? He was exclusively getting pocketed, <laughs> dude. Oh. <laughs> yeah. So, um, but it's fun. We're having a good time. <laughs> uh, anyway, guys, that's that's it. Um, thank you all so much for listening again. $18.99 Netflix finale of Andor on Disney Plus. Join us next week. Always remember, fuck the GOP. They're fucking themselves, but that's, you know, fuck them as well. Anyway, fuck the NRA. Donate and help where you can. We'll see you next week. Take care, everybody.